Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dads Worldwide. Today we are talking with Ronnie LeBlanc, author of Monsterland Encounters with UFOs, Bigfoot, and Orange Orbs. Ronnie is also the co-host of Monsterland Podcast, as well as a regional expert in the field of Bigfoot and alien encounters, not to mention a dad of three girls and one boy. We hope you enjoy this episode and write in with your comments. As always, a special thanks to our military, law enforcement, fire, and first responders. We appreciate what you do. Dads Worldwide. The first word in family management, family budgeting, insurance, bills, food, vacations, research and development, homework, emails, phone calls. Last week we tried to do an oil change and ended up with a new car. Security. Doors are locked. Windows shut. House alarm is set. Fingerless gloves. Dads worldwide. Loyal listeners. Possibly you. Welcome to another episode of Dads Worldwide. I'm Brendan. I'm Jim. And today we have Ronnie LeBlanc from Lemonster. <laughs> They're pretty snooty in Lemonster to call it LeBlanc. Oh, yeah, I mean, in Gardner, it's just straight up LeBlanc. That's, yeah. And that's the same, LeBlanc. LeBlanc. I think so why does Maddie B say LeBlanc? He, he, he can't... He, it drives him nuts to say LeBlanc, actually, too. It does? Like, yeah. So oh, yeah. do you force him to say it that way? No, no, no. no. <laughs> but I think like, outside of like Central Mass, it's, yeah. it's LeBlanc. It's LeBlanc. So is that why... I always wonder, because I started yeah. listening to podcasts, and, and I was like... Why are they saying it that way? Because yeah. <laughs> everyone, we, everyone I know, it's it's just straight up LeBlanc. Yeah, it's yeah. funny when you and when you get outside of here, it's kind of like that's what pe- how people pronounce it. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> whatever, okay, go with it. Is that what they say on TV? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, all right, I'm sorry. So, uh, <laughs> author, podcaster, and TV, TV star. Oh yeah, and dad, and dad. Yeah, yeah. husband, <laughs> uh, uh, Ronnie LeBlanc. So. So Ronnie, you're married and uh, to an amazing wife. She's awesome. Have, and you yeah. have how many children? I have seventeen children. Yes, no, so yeah. I have, I have uh, four <laughs> four kids. I got yeah. the three girls and a boy. My oldest is uh, Asia. She's fifteen, and my youngest is my son. He's eight. Eight. Yeah. And then Lena, she's thirteen, and then Emma's uh, now twelve. Awesome. Four. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm having my third. Oh wow! Pretty soon, yeah. um, boys, girls. What's the breakdown? two boys? Okay, and seventy percent chance. Seventy percent chance yeah. it's a girl, which yeah. means they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're ultrasound, and the baby kept putting his hand in the crotch. Or yeah. Yeah. You crotch. see, you instinctively and, say yeah. he. Yeah, because he's putting his hand in his crotch. Yeah, I mean, right. that's a boy all the way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, they don't leave that thing alone. No, I no. mean, constantly tugging. He's eight now. You said. Eight, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, my oldest is six, and if mm-hmm. the shorts come off and he's, yep. he's grabbing it, it's like, no. kid, it's not going to fall it's off. Like a, <laughs> it's, it's like a security blanket. Yeah, yeah. seriously. <laughs> uh. All right, let's jump into the questions yep. here. All right, uh, first question. What has been your proudest dad moment? Ooh. Uh, tough one with... With four of them, yeah. proudest dad moment. Um, I, I j- one of the things I heard is um, my daughter Emma at school, and this was just kind of like it made me feel good that we're raising them right. At, at least I would like to think so. But 
there was a kid at school that was sitting by themselves, and uh, one of my daughters had gone out over and just kind of sat with them, talked to them, trying to get them to sit with the other kids, and ended up just having lunch with them. But one of the teachers was just kind of like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah, and so great. when I hear stuff like that, I think that makes a difference, you know, because there's so many kids that will, you know, s- suicide is such a, an epidemic now. The younger, way before... Um, you know, uh, I went to high school, like Lemster High was known as like Suicide High. Seriously? Seriously. And, and it was it went, it was not something that I was really privy to at the time, but then... A yeah, lot of I people, don't think I'd want to tell my kids about that. No, but, uh, you know, and, it's, and it just seems to be, uh, you know, again, one of these things that, you know, younger kids are doing it, and it's like, wow. And it's based off of being bullied, and, you know, hear all these stories in the national news. So stuff like this where I feel like you have to kind of... Though those simple acts of kindness need to happen a lot more often we've, than they do. We've done a lot of talking about that actually, and we we talk about with the with with social media and how much kids actually communicate that. You know, there's oh, yeah. there's no repercussions. Like if if you know if we were standing face to face and you wanted to say something to me, you know, there's that level of oh, all right, if, do do I really have the guts to say this to you? Right. What, oh, yeah. what are retaliation. the retaliation? But, <laughs> yeah. but if you're sitting yeah. at home in your bedroom, yeah. you know, and you're on your phone, you know, the world's the limit. You know, yeah, you, very pe- true. These kids will type whatever yeah. they want. Internet, right? internet tough guys. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, well, it's a culture now. It's not well, even that they're just hiding behind the keyboard. This is like how most kids, I think, communicate with. Oh each yeah. Other well, no, no doubt. But I'm just saying. That those people, yeah. those the people that do that or choose to do that, I mean that, I mean they're obviously troubled. Right. If they're going to go to the extent of going after someone, right. I mean they're they're obviously there's something wrong with them, right? Yeah. I mean right. <laughs> there's it's that whole mirror effect. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. Like kind of, yeah. We, I mean, we, try we, to we teach. were always taught in martial arts that the, the bully is probably a, the most troubled person yeah. around because mm-hmm. you, you know you. you he obviously needs to get out some frustrations if he's right. coming to pick on you. Right. We you know? we 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 harp on Cameron because she's thirteen, going on fourteen, and so you know in that middle school, and we constantly tell her, you don't take words back, whether you've said them right. or you, or, or, or you, you can't. Or you I mean, even them. if you try, and no matter how apologetic and sincere you could be with an apology. Those words are always still out there. So, you know, we're trying to teach her to think before you say something. One of the things I told her is, you know, when you if you're upset with someone and you're you want to lash out and you want to say something, I said, reverse your roles for a second and think about how you would feel if that person was saying to you what you're about to say to them. And how would you yeah. handle that? Yeah, that's the golden rule. Yeah. Though. I mean, and that's yeah. I'm, I'm always. I mean, even my kids are six and four, and I'm trying to. I mean, that's hard on a four year old. Oh, yeah. I mean, my six year old is not getting it. My four year old is definitely not getting it. But you know, you try. You know, they they hit each other and like, would would you know? Do you want that to happen to you? I mean, right. and then you know, on a bigger scale, the social media thing. I mean, that's. Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, thinking about your consequences. You're always yeah. trying to teach that to your children, and right. and. and that's just a tough thing to get. <laughs> it it is. really is. It is. Yeah. What is uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep going here. What's one skill you would love to master that you just haven't gotten to yet? Um, being manly. <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, you're the manliest guy I know. No, I don't me, know what you're no talking way. about. No yeah. chance. I don't know I mean, what you're talking no about. No chance. All men wear bracelets. <laughs> <laughs> 
What? Like <laughs> growing up. Yeah. <laughs> growing up. Like my, you know, my dad uh, you know, can side a house. He can do different things. Yeah. Um, and it was just something that I never really like, I guess, took on or learned to really do carpentry or things things like that. Did you hold the flashlight at all? I yeah, I, yeah, 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 of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, one thing in my my as I got older, it's like uh, my sister who who's now passed, but she had jokingly said, you know, what are you gonna do when you get older? You're gonna get married, and you need to learn how to you know fix a door, or do these things. I go, let's marry a girl that knows how to do that shit. <laughs> yeah. And so does she. Surprisingly, <laughs> does she really? Surprisingly, <laughs> my wife is ridiculous. She can do electrical work, plumbing, carpentry, all this stuff. I'm like, see. <laughs> you know, like, I did it. It's I ridiculous. Did it. Yeah, and yeah. so, yeah. So, most people look for what? a sugar mama. Ronnie's looking for Guess someone what? that can build a house. Yeah. I'm still holding that fucking flashlight. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm still holding that flashlight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you need, babe? Can you get me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good job, honey. That looks really good. Can it give me a screwdriver? Yeah. Is that the star one or yeah. the flat one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Uh, what was the most important thing your dad passed on to you? I think the biggest thing was, uh, you know, hard work and, and respect. But I think that always having kind of like a plan, having a strategy, having, I think the biggest thing is like putting money aside and saving for the, those rainy days. And I think that comes from where he, he grew up in uh, New Brunswick in Canada. And um, when he came here, he was an immigrant. They didn't have money. So they learned to kind of work hard and make, some, make money. Um, but the big thing was to make sure you had enough for a rainy day because they grew up in the depression and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and those things are challenging when you have four kids because <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. it's like something happens. Yeah. I mean, we're dealing with braces. I did diapers for 10 years, a decade right. of diapers, man. That's a lot of money. <laughs> That's a lot of diapers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So all those things, so, you know, different things that you kind of like, ah, you didn't, you know, it was one of those, uh, I think, the big pieces of advice is like, you just get to save, put money away. You never know what, what, what's going to go down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What's one childish thing you still enjoy doing? Uh, laughing. laughing. I, I mean, I just, I love watching um, stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. I love making my wife laugh. I love yeah. making my kids laugh. I love comedy in general. I, I think laughing is healing, you know, and... Um, so it's something that I feel like if you're if you're not laughing, you're not living in the now. Do you think no. you've mastered the art of the dad joke? Ooh. No, not yet. No, no, not yet. No, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't worked on any good. Any good. What is your yet, What is your technique when it comes to dad jokes? Well, I mean, is it embarrassment? Is your goal embarrassment, cringing? or no. is it your goal? Uh, no, like it, it's funny. Is I. Um, I definitely don't try to kind of like embarrass. I I, I think yeah. I see some videos where like they just did you traumatize. See the, did you see kid. the dad with the short shorts? No, no. Oh, oh, it is brilliant. So his daughter, his 16, 17 year old daughter, is getting, going out of the house in short shorts. So he threw on some short shorts. Short shorts, larger man. You know, not not a tiny guy, and uh, they were tight. <laughs> and he walked in her bedroom and of course she's embarrassed, right? Yeah. And he goes, This is how we feel when you walk out of the house. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, that's just sheer brilliance. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I could skimp into those, you know, right. but but I mean that's just sheer 
brilliant and hilarious. That's awesome. say. And he strutted. I'll give it, I'll give yeah, it to him. He yeah, he showed it off. <laughs> showed it off. Uh, all right. Oh. Uh, what is the one thing you hope your child, your children learn from you? Uh, to follow their dreams, to take risks, to, uh, um, I always look at life like the 90 year old in a rocking chair and any kind of circumstance or opportunity that you could look back and say, damn, I wish I did that. Yeah. If, if you can look at it and say, yeah, I'm glad I didn't do it or whatever, then don't do it. But if you feel like you're going to be kicking yourself on an opportunity, then you take it. And I'm, I'm definitely a risk taker and to my, with what to you're my doing, father's with, behest. Yeah. <laughs> to my father's behest. With what you're doing professionally, I say, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, it, it is. It's a bit of a risk, right? I mean, although, although in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, it's been crazy, right? Just in the past 12 months, it has really exploded. Exploded. Oh. Uh, just, you know, the UFO world and also the Bigfoot world. And, um, yeah, it just, it's, it's, it's weird because I feel like, um, I'm just trying to be myself in the sense of me writing the book and these experiences and stuff that I've had interest in um, was really me just kind of going, okay, I'm going to put it all out there. And it took me a couple of years to really write the book completely. I had it in my mind and I had different things I was compiling and research I was doing, but even though you weren't going to write a book. Correct. Just like <laughs> things. And, and you know, then I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just yeah. started kind of going, yeah. you know, um, I was starting to do it and then kind of pull back and then realize, you know, you got to do this. And, you know, what really kind of motivated me is my sister wanting to write a book and her passing away and not doing it. That really propelled me to kind of to do it and to, to roll up my sleeves and kind of get it done. Yeah. And I also wanted to have something. What am I leaving? You know, um, I'm uh, 42 at the time, 45 now. What am I leaving? What's my mark? Right. You know, and... um I feel like I wasn't doing anything that was really significant enough for me to say that's what I'm leaving. You know, I've gone, I've been in different like sales and advertising type roles that are just, they paid the bills, but they weren't fulfilling. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I know. You know, and bouncing from here to there and, and, uh, and still kind of doing that, you know, currently too, like I had to take off to do a TV show for three weeks in Oregon and it was unexpected and I had 24 hours to kind of make a decision uh, and <laughs> yeah. you know, like to that either, throws everything in upheaval, especially with four kids. I mean, like, crazy. yeah, that's like it was, you know, and it's um, it has its toll on everybody that's involved, my wife, my kids, and everything else. But it was one of these things. I I was like, you know, she was, you got to do this, you know. Yeah, I mean, like I imagine she, I mean, she has to be supportive, or she you is. are not being able to do it really, because I mean, it. it yeah, there's it, no I mean, question. Yeah, like yeah. one, she motivates me, but also is you know supportive and you know what I'm going to do or what I, you know, this is something I don't want to be a, I'm not looking to be like like a TV star. That's not my, Mm -hmm. my thing was just to write this thing and then promote it. And yeah, you want to get to a position where you can be making money off of what you love. If I can sell enough books on a monthly basis and doing different things, then that'd be great. But I end up giving away more books than I do sell because I get people that are like so into it and they're like, I got to, you know, here you go. Yeah. You know? yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, you're, because like, you're, you're a, a nice guy. Because you're a nice yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it comes to. But yeah, and, yeah. and my whole intent, I'd be the same way. I'm, I'm, I'd be the same way. And my intent was really to kind of like, I guess, I believe in the law of attraction. I believe in that you have to put something out there to get something back. Mm-hmm. And that you have to do it in a way that's kind of like, 
not self-serving. Like, and I thought putting something together of these encounters and true stories that people maybe not have heard or that were would never be heard and kind of help try to put them together. And hopefully that would invoke people to kind of come forward and talk about their stories. Yeah. And that's kind of or what at it's least, done. Or at least tell someone that, you know. Yeah. Should, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we're that's... Gonna, we're going to get into it. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into This there. book was eye-opening to me because I grew up here in Gardner yeah. and Lemonster is one community away. Yeah. One, yeah. one and yeah. a half communities Correct. away. Yeah, yeah. I never knew about Monsterland... And I never knew no, about everything that was going on there. Yeah, it was like it's you there's know, people that, that live there that still don't know that's right. going on. You know, well, they don't. Yeah. Well, uh, we're we're Jim yeah. and I are going to be forty this year, and we there you go. Right, you know, like still. And honestly, if he didn't see it, hey, uh, yo, I know this guy. He's an author, and he's got this, uh, and I'm I'm like, all right, you know, because we're not. I'm not plugged into that world at all. Right. Yeah, I mean, um. Um, I'm a tradesman and when I'm not working on my house, I'm working, working, working. And then it's family time and, you know, um, and it's just, it's never been, uh, I don't want to say hobby, but it's never been a hobby of mine or, yeah. you know, but, um, yeah. And so f- almost 40 years old that I've never heard of this, you know, a c- community away from where I, we grew up and uh, yeah, it's shocking. Well, a lot of these, you know, just people get ridiculed to get made fun of. Um, people yeah. lose their jobs. They, uh, they lose their jobs. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're, you're, um, you know, talking about this kind of stuff, especially if you're a police officer, Oh, you're yeah. in the military, yeah. um, you're an attorney, you're, uh, an engineer, like anyone that is almost of a scientific background can kind of get shunned within the, within academia, you know, within colleges and universities. Now it's getting more, you know, when the Navy has recently come out saying there's friggin' Holy UFOs. <laughs> yeah. The Tic Tac. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and we'll get into a little bit of that too, yeah, because absolutely. there's more developments with that, which is, is it wild. really? Oh, oh good. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask you about yeah. that. Cause that, I mean that, when I heard that audio, on your show, I was like, "Whoa!" It's and I heard crazy. it before. The funny thing is, is I heard it before, and um, but I, I, again, I was just like, "Oh, that's that's nuts," you know, yeah. like and just kind of move along. But I don't know when you guys were discussing it. It was, right. yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and I told my wife about it because she's like, "I'm a skeptic," you know, and I'm like, "There's military jet that saw something." You, like, you know, and like, I explained it to her, and she's like, "Really?" <laughs> you know, you know, there's like, people that will. You have to accept, and I've accepted this. There's yeah. people that will never believe. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. fine. Absolutely, it's not supposed to be. You know, like, but there's people that have to have a personal experience in order for them to believe. Most people do, right? Like, you have yeah. to be like, I seen it with my own eyes for it to happen, yeah. and uh, that's what it takes sometimes. But I, th- yeah. I think it also takes someone that's very like someone that you know that you trust that you know them forever a family member, whoever, that you, you believe they tell the truth all the time, and then they tell you about something. Yeah. And you kind of go, okay, this... And then you start you pat, digging. You and, pat them on the back and walk away. Right. Yeah, good. That's fine. <laughs> and, and most yeah. people think, well, if it's not true, I would have... You know, if it's true, I would have had it spoon... You know, put it in my face. But yeah. sometimes you have to dig yeah. to find the truth. You have to kind of, you know, maneuver a little bit because there's things that are, are happening around us all the time that we're unaware of. There were two visual Bigfoot sightings in the past eight months just in Lumster State Forest. No way, really? Oh, nice, because I was going to ask you about the 2010 one. Yeah. 
So, yeah, and I'm, I'm working okay. on the second book, right, too. Right, about hold, that, on, so. hold on, hold on, right, hold heavy on. Heavy stuff. One more question each. So, you yeah. got one more question? I'm grabbing a done? chip. We, okay, yeah. Yeah, I got, <laughs> yeah, grab a chip. I got one more question, and this is probably going to be the most thought-provoking question. Yeah, so that this, we, has, this is going to be tough. We get into now, all day. This is going to be in the feels, Ronnie, right. in mm-hmm. the feels. Mm. Is a hot dog a sandwich? You know, if you use a hamburger bun, yes. Do you often put... Is that because is that like from your college I have, days I have, where that's all you had left? Was I have always, just a hot dog. <laughs> I've, <laughs> always, <just> a <laughs> I've always toyed with the idea of kind of flipping around the hot dog and hamburger situation. Oh, really? Put the hamburger in a hot dog bun. Outside of the Put box. the hot dog in a hamburger bun. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, but it just kind of Fs with yeah. your head. It, yeah, it we, bring in the UFO, we bring in the UFO guy and he starts <laughs> fucking with our heads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Do you, all right. All right. Do you watch it, uh, that show in Practical Jokers? I do. Yeah, Did we, you see the episode where they gave the UFO presentation? I don't think I saw that one. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Something to watch. To, I'm, just, yeah, I'm not yeah, going to talk yeah. about it, yeah. but right, I'm gonna look we're going to yeah. look it up. At yeah. Awesome! Yeah. I was dying yeah. laughing. <laughs> okay. Uh, in light of so uh, during this recording, which is what is it, seven thirteen? Yes. Yes. So. Sorry, I was drinking beer. Within 48 hours from now, Jim Father will Jim Hunt will be a father. 48 hours. Yeah, that's crazy. So you're nervous? No, I'm wondering where the question is. Oh. <laughs> so Ronnie, the one yeah. piece the one piece of advice you would give to new dads. Oh, there it is. Bam. That's what I was getting to, you oh. son of a bitch. Shut up. All right, you ready for yeah. this? Yeah. Get your naps in. (laughs) Like you have to kind of figure out a way to do it, even if you can somehow do it standing up. Yeah. If you can pull out 15 minutes. Not holding the baby. baby. This is off time. (laughs) Off time. But you you have to figure out your your spots. Sometimes this might have to be the bathroom and the tub for 15. (laughs) So we're having a C-section Monday morning. Yeah. We. And I know he's, be <laughs> he's making like, the incision. Yeah, yeah, like, I'm, yeah. like I'm going to be involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which pa- passing out? They say that she's going to be in the hospital for three to five days. Yeah, depending on recovery. So she tells me that the there's day, a lot of time to sleep for you right there. Well, That's, she says the day that we find out that I'm going home the next day, I want you to go home and get a good night's sleep. And I'm like, not going to happen. And she's like, well, why not? I said, one of us needs to have a good night's sleep. I'm like, because I can see this two months down the road. Well, when, you went home. When we're both <laughs> not sleeping. And it's going to be like the exorcist, and you're going to be like, I let you sleep. And your head is going to do a full spin. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not falling into that trap. What, dis- what distance were you, were you from when you said this? We were sitting right? next to each other, yeah. and her, we were with her father, and yeah. her father started cracking up. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, no, I can see that. <laughs> Do women listen to this podcast? I don't know. She does. She a listens few. to everyone. Okay. Yeah. She listens to everyone. Yeah, she yeah. didn't believe we were doing it for a while. <laughs> and then she's like, she oh, challenged us. Yeah, she we, did I, challenge we us. Proved you wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My wife listens as well. Uh, yeah. Actually, I would give some advice as to uh, girls, women seem to have um, photographic memories, dates, times, things of those nature. Oh, yeah, for things sure. Things of that nature. Yeah. So yeah. maybe keep a book, a notebook of everything you, have, <laughs> you can refer to. Your reference, <laughs> reference <laughs> material. Uh-oh. 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 November 2nd. Honey, second. hold on, hold on. 3.20 a.m. 
You said, yeah. and I quote. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a really good advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, write that down yeah. in your book. Yeah. In your book. Yeah. Just don't let them find it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I joke about having a diary, but I think I'm really going to start one. Yeah. yeah, you have to get one with a lock. Yeah, yeah. you got to get yeah. one with a lock. They have yeah. them at Ocean State Job Lot. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. All right, so that's going to be the end of our questions, and we're going to get right into this. So, Ronnie, you're the author of Monsterland Encounters with UFOs, Bigfoot, and Orange Orbs. You're also the uh, co-host of Monsterland Podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brendan First and I... First question, how much acid have you been doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it at a Grateful Dead concert back... Yeah. I was joking, yeah. but... Back oh, in Jesus. L.A., yeah. and it never worked. We were looking for those bastards that yeah. was yeah. 40 bucks, and we were trying to find them. Like, they were, they were wearing a tie-dye. It was just yeah. construction It was just construction paper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was their ticket to get in. Yeah. <laughs> trying to make a little money back. Um... So we both had the opportunity to read the book. I've, awesome. I've obviously had it for a while, and Brendan read it when he found out you were coming on. And uh, you talk about your first ever mm. encounter. Can you want to talk about that a little yeah. bit? Yeah. yeah. It was, um, you know, it's still one of those things that I, you know, when it happened to me, it was not something I was thinking Bigfoot, you know, like, but it was something that was just odd and didn't make any sense. And basically... You know, I lived uh, down the street from Fallbrook School on Union Street in Lemonster. And that uh, area, unbeknownst to me, definitely had a lot of different activity with UFOs and going back in, in, in history. And my book kind of dives into that. But I would ride my bike. I was like five houses down. I ride my bike behind the school. And there were different trails and woods that would lead to Monsterland and the power lines and the sand dunes. Well, let's describe what Monsterland is. So there's an area, and it's it's really developed now. Like um, So where Walmart is in Lemonster, that area, um, back in the 50s and 60s, they had called it Monsterland <laughs> instead of Monster. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It was a place, like many places around, like um, I think in like Concord and other places, they have areas where you're going to go and you're going to go party, where mm-hmm. you have, where else are you going to go? You're going to go in the woods. You don't yep. have a house, yep. an apartment to hang out and party. You're 16. Or the sand pits. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. We had sand, sand pits, pits yeah. out there. There you go. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So that's what Monsterland was. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the area was with the sand pits. But there was a bridge that we'd go through, Old Mill Road, to kind of get there. And the whole area had a very weird vibe to it. But I never partied, Mom, if you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I never went to Sam Pitts. Yeah. Yeah. We were yeah. studying, Mom. Yeah, studying. Yeah. But this is I was way at Jim's be- house. This is way before I was even into doing anything like that. Yeah. But um, I was like 11, 12, whatever, and I uh, would go meet friends. Or sometimes I would be riding my bike and just going exploring out there. But when you're that young in the middle of the woods, you're kind of like... Freaked out, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm watching, you know. Your mind is. Uh, I'm into GI Joe and all this other <laughs> shit, you know. So I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, this no problem. But I would avoid this particular trail, this entrance that I would go by that just had this kind of freaky kind of vibe to it. And one day, I was just kind of feeling I'm going down this thing, and and uh, you know, I talk about in the book. It was didn't matter if it was like the most amazing sunny day. It just seemed to be shadows and mm-hmm. dark and all that stuff. And I went. Into the trail, I got off my bike, had an incline, so I had to kind of walk it up. And as I was kind of going through, I got back on the bike and kind of like, you know, riding through the trail. And you initially start hearing birds and different things. And then I just started noticing it was just starting to get really quiet. And you could just hear my wheels, you know, the the pedals. And, uh, you know, maybe that was scaring things off. But 
I just get that sense. And we've all had that feeling where you feel like you're being watched yep. and you turn around, someone's looking at you or, you know, you might see an animal staring at you, but yeah. it had that vibe, that, that feeling. And as I kind of was going, the trail got narrower and narrower and it kind of got to a choke point where I couldn't see anything. I'm like, I don't feel like I want to go any further. <laughs> right. And what the <laughs> fuck am I doing? Right. You know? <laughs> right. So I, right. I hadn't, got my feet off of the bike and I just kind of stopped but it was almost like this mental like I couldn't go any further and I was looking ahead for some reason in this vicinity where my eyes were just kind of locked like something was like just keep watching right and it all of a sudden it was just like wow freaking forest erupts in front of me and something goes across the trail pushing you know trees and stuff mm-hmm. and there's nothing there but it was something so big like it had to be a moose or a bear or something that I was like, what? You know, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. nothing. And it was close. It wasn't like, you know, further down. And as soon as it kind of happened, it stopped. But I kind of felt like whatever did that then stopped and was like, you know, looking right back. Right. So like, <laughs> I, I turned this thing around and pedaled so fast out of there, but I was trying to figure out, I knew the animals in the woods and I was like, what did I just experience? And kind of put it beside me and kind of really forgot about it until years, many years later when um, really a friend of a friend, I didn't even know the guy initially that um, found the prince with his wife in Lemister State Forest. Now, this is the sighting in 2010. 2010, Lemister State Forest. And it, it wasn't a sighting, but they found six... Uh, the prince. Yeah, yeah sorry, six foot prince. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what's interesting, and this is how, I don't know, I guess my path has always been like, how the, how the how did I end up here? Or if I didn't do this, or if I didn't say this, this wouldn't happen. So I, I ended up meeting the guy's brother, who my wife went to school with since kindergarten. She knew him forever. And this guy's a character. He's like, you have to meet him. He's yeah. hysterical, <laughs> funny. And both of our kids were going to daycare together, preschool. So I ended up meeting him and totally hit it off. He was, he was great, but he was asking about when I used to live in California, he's like, dude, so what's some of the best places that you went to? And blah, blah, blah. And I said, uh, oh man, Redwood National Forest is just kick-ass. It's just prehistoric. It's just awesome. Like you go there and you, you could d- definitely see like a Bigfoot Sasquatch. He's like, wait, Sasquatch? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I was like, are you fucking kidding? And he just starts dying laughing. And I was like, oh, I should have shut my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I go and explain, no, this, right. you know, sightings, da, 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 da. And then he kind of like jokingly just kind of listening, but, you know, whatever. Seven days later, doesn't his brother <laughs> in Lemster State Forest <laughs> with, his, with, his, with his wife go hiking on a Sunday. No one's around. And they go on this trail. It forks off. They argue which direction to go. They're trying to head to the reservoir. Uh, he notices the spot where it's really kind of muddy, and it describes it almost like a jar, fresh jar of peanut butter. Right. And uh, they come back. And this is what always interests me is the time stamp of things. It's yeah. not like, hey, we showed up and they were there. Hey, we showed up, they weren't there. Ten minutes later, we come back and they're there. So right. something made those tracks in that time frame that they had. Uh, so you could have a human being, yeah, running through that. But what are the odds? That's, you have to think that's a probability, obviously, right? Yep. But six feet between each of those footprints, five toes in each of the prints are very visible, and they were three and a half inches deep. And this guy is 240 pounds and was trying to put his weight down, and he couldn't even break a, an inch and a half. Yeah. 
So there were just so many different elements. He talked about hearing almost like a grunt, he said before. like They felt like they were being watched the whole time they were in there. And then when they found these prints, he just felt like, again, they're being watched. Um, picked up a rock and was kind of like just... The people talk about being zapped. So after you have an encounter or, you, or you're in the vicinity where they don't want you to be, they feel the, this feeling of dread. And what that is, what we're starting to learn about scientists, what, what have you, is that infrasound that tigers and kill whales can emit uh, can basically, before they're going to attack a prey, destabilize them or it can ward off other competition. Yeah. And so it was almost that kind of feeling that they got. And it took them two hours to get out of there where it took them 45 minutes to kind of get in. Oh, my God. So they were all <laughs> twisted up. They get out, you know, right. way off from where the car yeah. was and walk back. And so, and then, you know, the different stories started emerging because the main thing was um, just trying to get the real story out because we ended up doing Finding Bigfoot. And that was, you know, by chance reporting the story to, to uh, the BFRO on the reporting site. And so they're looking at new cases, and we were able to cast one of those prints. We went back, you know, days later and cast one of those. Now, Finding Bigfoot was on... Uh, Animal Planet. Animal yeah. Planet. Yeah. So this, and they came to Lemonster State Forest for that? So what ended up happening is uh, they were filming in Rhode Island. They were yeah. doing a, a town hall. And they uh, we get a call from uh, Dr. David Brake, who's the PhD that investigated this particular case mm-hmm. and was like, you know, this is, there's been other reports. I think you have Sasquatch footprint, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, Oh my God, this is a scientist telling us this. Yeah. He said, Hey, would you guys be interested in coming down? They're filming. Can you bring the, the, the cast? And we're like, yeah. So the game plan was to go down. I'm like, Oh, we're getting on the show. We're going to yeah. show up with the, we're gonna show up <laughs> we're with the cast. The damn cast. I was of like, course we're getting on the I'm show. I'm like, here's the game plan. We're showing yeah. up with the cast. We're sitting in the front row and they, they can't deny to not, He's yeah. like, well, what are they going to do? I'm like, they'll change their you know, shooting right. schedule. They'll come. And, uh, yeah, we ended up going, sat in the front row, got there early. And, um, you know, he told his story, which was very compelling. And he's still, it's still compelling uh, when he tells it. Uh, but they ended up coming out. And they said, you know, we're going to New York State tomorrow. But we're going to pause, wait another day, push the shooting schedule, and come to Lemster. We're like, yeah. holy shit. So the next day they came. Nice. Um, pouring rain, um, <laughs> shot for like 10, 11 hours out there. Uh, but the idea was that they were keeping it, the episode was part of Big Roadie, so it's mm-hmm. Rhode Island. So they were trying to keep it within the realm of that. Um, is there so really a lot of sightings in Rhode Island? There really isn't. There were like maybe like so one. what was the attractive I, I attraction? Think, yeah. I think one is when you're doing these shoots and you're kind of the location. Mm-hmm. If they could show that there is a Bigfoot sighting in Rhode Island when there hasn't been any on the BFRO site, it was kind of a first. I think they were shooting for that. Um, but they ended up keeping the story kind of within Rhode Island and, and didn't really divulge the location, which was Lumberton State Forest. Yeah. But again, my thing was like, dude, we're going to the freaking Sentinel and yeah. the Champion and tell them the story and get it in the papers so then people really know this is part yeah, of the this show. This was in Central Mass. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we did that and it came out and there was no you know, repercussions from Animal Planet. They could have come back and freaking did something. But yeah. uh, I think it helped because then people were like, I had a sighting 30 years ago. I haven't told anybody. I had this. This happened yeah. two years ago. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. And it just propelled and, and got people to open up. You know, so it's. I think that's that's what the, the main purpose of the whole 
book has been, and I think for the show too, is to get a, a wider awareness around it. So that that 2010, they, they were able to recover six footprints. So um, we went back and we actually casted one of the six because the six. I had um, I had totally remembered that my sister had given me a casting kit for your kids that you could put <laughs> your hands yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. We had this thing in the closet for like four years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, kids, we're gonna do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we're yeah. gonna do it. Yeah, and yeah. it was one of these Get things like, the like, this is great, you know. <laughs> Daddy found a Bigfoot. Get out of the way. <laughs> but it is. But what are the odds? Like her getting that. Four years ago, you know, yeah. planning for the kids, but really ended and then up turning the kids, to be part you, you of You just never use it. And right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I ended up grabbing it, and that day I went up and I said, you know, if we, you know, we weren't really hopeful. I was hopeful we were going to find it, but. Because how was, many days after the uh, sighting of this? Of this the, was like, like, I want to say encounter. nine, almost 10 days possibly. Yeah, and that's a long time, especially in, uh, when what, when was it? In summer. Right summer? in June. So well, I mean, there's not too much rain, but I mean that still could have got washed away. In did, nine, right, in nine and there days. was a little. We got a little bit of rain in between, which didn't really affect the tracks because of the canopy of the trees. Yeah, but again, the timing of it. We show up, we cast one of those things, and we pick the best one that had the the toes, and everything, and the deepest, whatever. And off in the distance, we hear meow, 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 meow. Oh, no, no four wheelers, and we get up to the trail, and they have to come zipping around. Uh. Mm. And literally, we stood in front of them. We had them go by. But if we got there 10 minutes later, they yeah. would have went right over right the tracks. Over they would have been gone. We never would have found them. There would <sighs> be no finding Bigfoot. There would be no uh, Mons uh, Land. There would be nothing. Yeah. That's crazy. And so I look at things like that. Like yeah. everything happens for a reason. Yeah. You know, the paths we take, we might think we're going this way and it swings us right back. Yeah. You know? So, oh, man, yeah. that's crazy. So you're, you're considered a, an expert on on this. I guess. So, I mean, I don't. I don't well, really think there's experts in it, but yeah, I mean, well, like. So I can hear a skeptic saying, "Well, you only found six tracks. Why, where are the rest of them?" But you have the interdimensional theory. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. And how how you've come to so learn about so with that. those with those tracks? The interesting piece I'll just add to that is that there were deer tracks alongside those six tracks. So think about this for a second. That those tracks were coming out of the woods, going on the trail, kind of going back in the woods in a diagonal kind of line. But these were a straight line, just like similar other Bigfoot tracks. But yeah. the deer tracks are right alongside it. Like this thing was chasing after a deer. A deer, yeah. So the speed of this had to be like an animal. Like a human couldn't keep up with a friggin' deer. No. No way. So yeah, but the, I mean, it, I mean that thing's chasing... If that thing's chasing a deer, then it's going to have a six to eight foot span, right? I mean, it, I mean right. especially if yeah. Bigfoot's eight foot tall. Right. You, and you know, just and, having that six foot, like even trying to do that on my own, I was like, this is like really and, tough to, yeah. to pull off. <laughs> We've tried to keep up with foot. a deer on our bikes and that we couldn't even yeah, do that. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the idea here is that with... Um, with Monsterland and areas that are similar to Monsterland, there's something about these spaces, these places that these things happen. There's Bigfoots, there's you know, or Sasquatch, there's uh, orbs, these balls of light, there's UFOs, there's craft, flying saucers, triangle type craft, rectangle type fucking tra- crafts. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also weird stuff that has to do with um kind of like death and and you know massacres that kind of opens up these energies almost these portals and so i really believe that there is a portal in lemister state forest there is some kind of um opening there's reported vortexes in concord and in fitchburg 
and other places around. Um, a lot of the um, interesting portals in the U.S. are right next to Air Force bases. And why do you think that is? You know, it's they were there before the Air Force bases. Maybe those bases were built because they were already because there. They were there. So a lot of these places have this history, <clears throat> and they have this activity in Monsterland, which is now really, you know, there's a small subsection of of South Lamaster by Lancaster that had this strange activity, but it seems to be happening all over Lamaster State Forest and the surrounding areas of Gardner, South Ashburnham. Uh, Fitchburg, Worcester. Yeah, I was surprised yeah. to see that there were some Gardner sightings in the book. Yeah, what? and and um, I don't know. I again, I would think that would be known to us, right? Yeah, <laughs> grew up in Gardner and not never heard a word of that. You know, you know and one thing too is like it. There could be a story, right, or a legend, or somebody's talking about this happening, and then yeah. one person says. Oh, that was a hoax. That was blah blah right. blah. So that's true. Go, eh. Yeah, that's true. Everyone you know, just dismisses it. Oh, it's on really Snopes. Quickly. But yeah, who's Snope and Snopes? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. um, so there's there's things like that. I think a lot of you stories. Know, get, you know what I'm skept- I'm skeptical of is anyone that's a hundred percent on anything. <laughs> Either way, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, well, like, like they don't exist. Well, you don't really know that. Yeah. Well, they do exist. Well, you you don't kind of know that either so i mean it's i mean but i think there's i think there's healthy skepticism but there's also people that will say i know they exist because i've seen them or i've had experiences with them and then i go okay like i've had i've had (laughs) this just in the past uh do you believe those people yes yeah, yeah, you must get a ton of stories. Like people who yeah, have I mean, read people your book, must tell you or everything. they must you must get a ton of stories. And here's the thing: like someone to take the, um, yeah, people are going to try to pull some shit, you know. But yeah. most people that have reached out to me are very like, I have to tell you this: I haven't told anybody this, you yeah. know, and I don't want anybody else to know. And so we'll keep it anonymous. Because they have businesses, they have these different things. But people are experiencing things. I've had two ex-CIA agents now come forward to me, basically wanted to talk and tell me about other stuff that they've worked on or done, and that shit scares me. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I was going to ask you, did you see the Bob Lazar documentary? I did, yeah. What did you think of it? He's legit. He's, you know... um, it's crazy. Back, you know, back then, Element One Fifteen, all these different things have take, come true. Like, uh, well, yeah, but I mean, because yeah. he said in his his big thing was like thirty I years got my, ago he came out. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people don't want to believe you, and you also have a machine that's trying to stop this thing oh, from happening. Yeah. Now time. it's right. saying let's let's go, and yeah. they're bringing Bob, and they're making it happen. And one thing Bob said is that he used to get his paychecks from the Navy, and everyone was like the Navy. Well, now they're they're showing that the Navy is has applied for patents for um, uh, anti gravity craft that are basically aircraft carriers that can fly in fucking space mm-hmm. what? and and over our atmosphere that can fly. Nah, yeah. So when did that happen? You just Recently, gonna, you just get a dig. You just get a right? dig. Yeah, that's crazy. But I mean, it's it's it's. This stuff is coming out more. It's coming out. People are starting to speak. And there's been a movement that's been happening for, for you know, a good, I would say the past two years pretty actively. Oddly time when we started the podcast too, which has been right. great. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's just uh, a lot of respected officials. I mean, look what Tom DeLong from Blink-182 
Yeah, I heard has he, put so together. He's like, so he's put the this group together that's ex CIA, ex Department of Defense, guys from the intelligence community that want to reveal this UFO, you know, phenomenon that's been going on that we still. There's people that believe that we've been in. I guess working with them for a long time. Well, there was the whole know. controversy because I think was wasn't it Area Fifty One came up for declassification? Yes, yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but Bob Lazar, so he wasn't working at Area Fifty One. He was at S Four. He was at S Four, which was a, kind of an offshoot. Okay, and right. he was working on this. What did he call it? Like a power? Well, he had like the, the orb. Sport, the it was sport. an orb. It was an orb, but yeah. it was. How did you? I don't. I don't. I don't remember how he described it. But it was. It. It. It, it had its own power. It. There was no wires in it. It wasn't battery. There's no batteries in it. It just existed, and but it had enough power to do whatever. I mean, it. Yeah. And, and, the, and he was brought along to try to figure out how and why and and um. What do you say? I forget what planet they said that it came from, but I, I think that was part of like... Uh, Zeta Reticuli. Yeah, and that was like part of the misinformation that was... There's a lot of um, misinformation, disinformation. Yeah. Um, one... Because the government wants to know who the hell's talking, right? I mean, that's what it comes down to. Some of it, I think, is kind of like, uh, you know, what's happening now with the Facebook um, uh, event storming Area 51 has now reached over a million attendees... Really? That they're planning on storming Area 51. Oh, this is news to me. Yeah. So this yeah. is a Facebook event? Yep. So it's starting. It's getting picked up now on mainstream uh, news like oh. ABC and NBC. So it started off as kind of a joke. Yeah. Um, and now they've gotten a million people. They've set a date and they've set a time. Oh, shit. That they plan on storming this. Now... Area fifty one yeah, is is nestled in, the, in in a valley surrounded by mountains. <laughs> well, you you were down in that area, right? Yeah, you, yeah. no, I wasn't anywhere near Nevada. I was oh, in New were. Mexico. In I New mean, Mexico. It, it, yeah, it, yeah, but where they are is so it's desolate. Yeah, and, and, there's, and you there's really, there, yeah, you, you know. really you can't sneak up on the base. No. Let's be serious. I mean, I mean you could have are you going to storm the gate? <laughs> you could have an amazing massacre. You know, happen. Uh, or I'm just picturing Braveheart right now. Like a, a <laughs> mass, we could never take your <laughs> UFOs. Like It'll be interesting to see. I think. I think there Freedom. will be. I think out of a million people, paranormal activity. Yeah. I think there's at least 15 that are showing up. To this yeah. 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 A lot I don't of, know. There's a lot and of interested. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> you know, don't. Yeah. yeah, interested in the event. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah there's uh, a lot of maybe. maybe. Yeah. So I mean that. So things like that, just that alone, is bringing awareness. It's like yeah. the it's for like mm-hmm. the uh, the challenge, the bucket challenge. Yeah, you know, it just it kind of it's so, crazy how. This... So my wife, I, I you know I discuss stuff with her because I I mean she obviously thinks differently than I do. So I I mean I I get her. A I lot like, of people uh, call that rational. <laughs> She's rational and logic, and And I have to really, yeah, yeah. yeah. She brings me down. She's trying to bring you back. She reins me back in. You know, she pulls me back in. No, uh, you know, and so I'm talking about your book, and and and, and, you know, just and like different because we're not into that thing. You know, we're not into the stuff. You know, and 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 uh, so I was talking about uh, I was talking about Sasquatch (laughs) and my son, my six year old. Is scary. I mean, he's freaked out about like porcupines mm. and foxes and stuff like that. So I'm talking about Bigfoot, and he's like, 
They can be in the woods? I said, yeah, just like in the backyard. My wife gives me the, what the fuck? <laughs> the <look. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> now he's not yeah. sleeping. Yet. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Tonight, well, I mean, tonight he'll be coming up being like, I think I saw Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of backyard and Bigfoot, yeah. man, yeah. The, there was there was a, a friend oh, that shit. I know very well. Oh, Very well. Yeah. And uh, he had a visual sighting on his... No way. On his lawn. He was fixing a sprinkler like four in the morning. He's up at 5.36 to go to work. Wait a second. I call bullshit. Who the hell gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning to fix their sprinkler? This guy. Get the fuck out of here. This guy. <laughs> got to get the water done. Yeah, you got to get... Hey, I mean, he's he's lawn, that lawn has to get sprinkled. So he's moving the sprinkler yeah. from yeah, yeah. one section of the lawn to whatever, or, yeah. or fixing the sprinkler head or whatever. Yeah. And so he's just he couldn't sleep. He's up at 3 in the morning. Now, prior to this, I gave him the book. He started reading it. He was seeing these weird... Balls of light and strange lights by his house. Oh, they moved there like a couple years back. Yeah. And so I told them, dude, here's the book. Can Read you say about what it. town it is? Uh let's let's say it's um don't it's west it's near Lemster State Forest, but it's, it's not my, but it's not Lemster. If okay. my wife asks, you bought it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, so I kind of and what I told him to do. Is that when he's seeing these lights, because he was like, there's these drones, and, and I talk about it on the podcast, and it's going to be in the new book too, but uh, seeing these strange drones and, and lights, and I'm like, I don't know if these things are drones, and uh, I told him to kind of go out, and this sounds weird, but I told him to go, when he's going out there and he's sky watching is to kind of send thoughts out, kind of like, you know, I want to see Come what, here. get Come closer. Here, like, yeah. 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 So week and a half two weeks after this started happening he was out he couldn't sleep it's three in the morning so he has to get up soon anyways but three four in the morning whatever it was and goes out and he's moving the sprinkler or just adjusting a head and he feels like he's being watched (laughs) and he looks over to the telephone pole and there something goes like this and peeks right at him and and (laughs) and then it runs across the street in two steps goes boom boom and jumps over a stone wall and he's like and he goes it's all black it's all hair he goes it was like a chimpanzee a humpback chimpanzee on two legs he goes it was he goes we made eye contact it was a creature like he goes i'm terrified like he's freaking out now this guy's a hunter (laughs) yeah he's gone shark fishing he's chopped off porcupines with a freaking you know like yeah he's a badass yeah and he freaked out, and he goes, he goes, Ronnie, I could hear the pads of its feet like running on the asphalt. And he goes, it jumped over the stone wall. I heard two more steps, <laughs> and then I just it stopped. And he goes, I knew it turned. It was staring right back at me to watch him again. Bit. And and he was and he was like, you know, what the hell happened? Yeah. yeah, like what did I just see? I'm like, well, I think it had something to do. You're sending out stuff, and this goes to your question about yeah. the interdimensional thing. So. With Bigfoot, with Sasquatch, a lot of researchers that have been doing this for 30, 40, 50 years, the real good ones have come out and kind of said, this thing isn't an animal. It's doing things. It's disappearing. It's, it's vanishing before our eyes. It's doing stuff that should not be possible. Paranormal, supernatural, call it what you will, but it's doing something that does not make any sense. It's not, it's not behaving like a human being. It's not behaving like an animal. Yeah. So these um, sightings also take places 
take place in areas that have UFOs and orb sightings, and they're also seen around the same time frame of these sightings. So there's been reports of uh, a Bigfoot running with a ball of light in its hand, like an orb. There's been reports of Bigfoots coming out of flying saucers, out of UFOs. What? Crazy Jeez. shit. Yeah. And um, there was just recently a, a report out of Lemister State Forest from a friend of ours, uh, Jonathan Wilk. He's a researcher that runs Squatchachusetts, which is basically the BFRO's like version of uh, the Massachusetts chapter. Okay. And he gets reportings and sites and, and uh, sightings and um, like hundreds. And he gets a lot around this area, uh, Mont's Land, but also around Lemister State Forest. And one in particular was a guy that was out researching. And I know this guy. He's he's in his 60s, and he was going to a certain section of Lemister State Forest. Again, he read the book, and I, and I pointed Lem- uh, Elm Street. And he went down Elm Street, um, was hollered at like by some kind of ape gorilla type thing, what he's described it as. And he keeps, keeps on going back because he's found things that look like it's like a nursery. There's some weird stuff going on. And so he's leaving, spent the whole day, nothing. And he's walking out, getting to the exit where this car, his car is parked. And he turns, coming like one last time. And he sees this figure standing by the tree. He's stalking him. And he's looking and he's, it's all like six, seven feet tall, all black, uh, hairy. And he can't tell if it's looking at him or looking away. But he looks down the trail and there's a hiker coming close in his direction. So... Then he looks back at this thing, and the thing turns and looks at him. And they make Ooh. eye contact. And then the thing just casually turns, just like the Patterson-Gimlin film, and starts to walk away. Now, here's where it gets freaking crazy. is As it starts to walk away into the woods, he looks and notices that its hand starts to disappear. Uh, what? And it goes up his arm, and then it goes his leg, and then his whole body, as it's walking... Starts to vanish like a ghost, like you go, like the predator mm-hmm. goes and yeah. I was gonna say interdimensional or predator like, right? You know, right. Like, so like, exactly, yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, I, I flash back to my experience in the woods and something in, invisible in front of me, and stories like this. There's Native Americans talk about Sasquatch being able to cloak, be able to be invisible. Shamans, they practice one of the the higher tenets once they get to the. Is invisibility really? Oh, it's so, cloaking. Jeez. So this is something that it's not. Yeah, and it's something <laughs> that like it happens in nature too. With you know, like the cuttlefish and different yeah. things. They, there's chameleon version. Exactly. There's yeah, versions yeah. of it, but this is almost like playing with light and matter and different things. That it's almost on this other realm, and we're dealing with something that I think is what you would possibly describe as alien or interdimensional, based on. People, when they have Bigfoot sightings, it's, you know, Bigfoot's almost letting you see them or you're supposed to have these experiences. But what people also don't talk about or share is the weird shit that happened before and after these sightings. They see shadow people. They see balls of light. Oh, I had a UFO sighting. All these things. Yeah, what's crazy is the out. fact that you admit that you saw Sasquatch Bigfoot or the fact that, you know, two days beforehand you were talking to a ball of light. You know, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't want to, I, I mean, if I had to admit one of those things, it'd probably be the, you know, the right. Bigfoot thing, you know, you know yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. other than the, the whole, the orb thing, you know, yeah, yeah, I, cause I think, yeah, I think you're right. People, uh, 
I mean, I don't know. I would, I would never ridicule someone. I mean, if, if you're sure you saw that, that's fine. I mean, I don't. Who am I to argue with you? Right. Uh, but so you you mentioned you mentioned you know you know Native American lore and mm-hmm. what's going. On. So are you, are you thinking that this is a type of like a skinwalker, or is it something yeah. different? Uh, I mean, it, it, I guess the question is, you know, is is Bigfoot. Or a Sasquatch, is it a spirit first or is it an animal or, or that first? Right. Or, you know what I mean? Like, and to me, I almost feel like, you know, it is some kind of a spirit. I mean, we are spirits, right? Like, the, we're, this is just like a vessel. We're yeah. just in a freaking vehicle and then we take off. We're a shell. Right. Yeah. We're in a shell. So, same way, but I feel like, um, same. <clears throat> Native American shamans talk about the ability to shape shift and shape different things. Right. And skin or skin walk. Or, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but a lot of the encounters, especially on the East Coast, I think all over the country for the most part, there's certain ones that are, are, are not, but most of them are, um, you know, positive. They're not like a negative thing. And there's like, for me, this whole experience has been a spiritual journey. Like, I've gotten more, I think, closer to, what you may want to call God or the universe or what have right. you, or nature, I, I, closer to that than I ever have because of this. Because it says there's something going on, then just you going from your job to your car to this box to this box in your yeah. house. And this is life. Check. This isn't life. Check. So there's other shit going yeah, on. Yeah. You know? We talked a lot about how, you know, usually sometimes the first. You know, obvious sign is you feel like someone's watching you. Yeah. So you know, for the longest time, my only, my only, you know, uh, well, I have, I have one, I have oh. one interdimensional question. Okay. okay. Go ahead. I, yeah. I, what do you mean by interdimensional? Seriously, because so, uh, because do, are you talking like, like they're from a different dimension, so or you're are, talking like, you you yeah. know you know what I mean? There are basically. Um, other dimensions kind of around us in the same kind of space. Yeah. So um, the idea is that, again, we're starting to look at this now. There's a a scientist out of um, a lab in, I think, Tennessee that's starting to look at to see if there's a mirror universe similar to the Stranger Things kind of idea. The upside down. Exactly. So that there is now, you know, Einstein talked about the... Uh, uh, atoms and molecules having this weird, spooky, you know, the ability to kind of like this one spins and this one split off and it falls the same thing. Like it's all connected. There's this interconnectedness yeah. of things. I don't trust him. He was awful. Yeah. <laughs> awful at math. But uh, yeah. math's not an exact science anyway. Yeah. Not real. <laughs> yeah. I look at, I look at, uh, I look at when we pass away, uh, when we enter death, I feel like it's another dimension. It's another place. Like, because people always talk about they're still communicating with the ones that have passed and they're somehow right. still able to see us and they're still with us. And how can that be unless there is some kind of, I don't know, almost like a fish tank kind of thing where you're looking down? Yeah. But, um, and the reason, you know, with interdimensional is just because there's so many cases that it kind of goes in that direction that well i mean when you okay so when i read that first you're like and then i heard you guys talk about it on the podcast yeah i'm like well that completely explains why no bones no bones no body no nothing right because i mean with all the hunters out there with all the you know even not even hunters just hikers and guess just people that get to walk around hikers hunters they see it they see see them and guess what they don't say shit yeah they stop they most of them 
we'll stop hunting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not no, going back good, in there. Not going out there. Yeah, yeah. I think I would probably Honestly, stop. Honestly, God. If and then, I had a giant being looking at me, <laughs> I'd be like, uh, And who nah, wants to go? And yeah. I'm going to go tell the world. No, no you're not. No. Yeah. Like, I, I would not tell anybody if I'm terrified. Like, I had a, a deer hunter in a tree stand get whistled at by something he goes was not a freaking, you know, something was messing with me and got so close that it started to whistle at me. And Bigfoot's known to whistle. That's how they ah, communicate. Yeah. So he jumped out of his tree stand and ran out of the woods. <laughs> like, I mean, so when people tell me these stories, they're not to be, hey, this isn't my bravery story, right? right. We're telling stories like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Th- this one. No, I've pissed my pants I because myself. I saw something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think for me, I've always been, I, I want to be someone that's like, I'll listen to you, and I feel like people that come to tell me stuff uh, are telling me the truth. You know, well, like I, think I, I, th- I try to read that. Yeah, I think I think nine times out of ten, they're gonna they're gonna tell you the truth yeah. because you are. I mean, you're someone that's willing to hear it, right? right. You know, I mean, and, and I found fasc- fascinating too is people read this and they go, "Oh my god, I remembered a story or I remember an experience that I totally forget about until I read this one yeah. thing." Da, 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 yeah. And yeah. some. I get shit ton of those. I got another one last week. Yeah. And it blows my mind, but I feel like, okay, this does have a bigger purpose than just being when people so know you, when yeah. people know that they're not gonna get ridiculed for sharing something personal like that, then right. yeah, of course they're gonna be willing to divulge. How do you decide which stories you're gonna look further into? Because I'm like you said, you get a ton of stories. There's certain ones that um are there cute are there like red flags that you look for there in are. a story? There, there are a lot of ways, though, of how the stories come to me. Yeah. That I go, okay, this one's real. And others that I go, eh, you know, well, I might question it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of them that come to me are like people that I know um, that go, all right, you can't tell anybody this. Don't tell anyone, and, especially not and, my wife. <laughs> but they'll describe things in details right. that I just, I go, holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. And they don't know the you, significance of these they things. They don't know the Okay. And I'll ask them little things that they go, blah, blah, blah. And, I, and I'll go, oh my God, in my mind, I'm like, your checklist, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of doing this little yeah. thing. Um, but oftentimes, the ones that are coming to talk to me, you know, they really have an experience and they have something that, like, I have to tell you this because I can't believe I read this other story. I have a gentleman that, um, I think he saw the book in Barnes and Noble, and then he saw the title "Orange Orbs." He's eighty-five, huh. and he goes, "Oh my god, I remember that orange orb sighting I had in nineteen sixty-eight by myself." What the like, yeah. It unlocks something, yeah. and yeah. so I, that to me scares me, but it excites me too because I feel like I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and that's just for right now, because uh, you know wrote a book, but now I'm doing like TV stuff, which is. It's got to be so crazy. It's It's got to be so exciting. Yeah. It's scary um, because it affects, you know, my family. It also affects, you know, I can't like, uh, I had to leave my job and basically come back. And then they're like, all right, uh, we'll have to figure out how this is going to work. 
you know, and I'm if like, every what are you talking about? You got to leave. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. now I'm, I'm kind of like in between kind of situations, which, which sucks, yeah. but it's part of like, this is what I'm doing. You got, like, I can just see you going out on some of these excursions and just having like an amazing time <laughs> researching. And then you come back to work and the guy's like, so about that um, GPS report. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We're yeah. going to need you to come in on Saturday. <laughs> Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of your family, though, yeah. Um, which one of your daughters, or was it both of them? You know what? That um, is mentioned, or are we not talking about? I will say no. They're they're no. very. Um, my two oldest have both had experiences, yeah. and they still do. Yeah. Um, and then now I was telling my, my wife too. about that. I was telling yeah. my wife about that. And now, how much do you discuss this stuff with them? I'm very open, and one yeah. thing is to not. Um, I think there's a lot of fear, especially, you know, I grew up in the Christian home and Christian faith and we yeah. taught, we're taught that this is God and anything else is evil, right? Yeah. So anything else Those is... UFOs are the devil. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's people, you know, boom. And yeah. sure, there's evil people, right? There's oh, good yeah. people and there's evil people, but doesn't mean they're all, but it's the same thing where I kind of, you know... Well, you say that, but then you said you in the book that your mom, or maybe it wasn't in the book, maybe it was on the podcast that your mom was talking about an experience that she had. Uh, we talk about her UFO. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It's in the book. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was just a random thing that like something said, ask your mom about if she's had a UFO sighting. Cause I remember, and the reason why I asked is because, uh, Lester had, uh, mess up the dates, but I think it was 1938 where they had rain, uh, frogs. Raining yeah, from that's the that's sky. A, yeah. That's crazy. Now this is, mm-hmm. this was in a book by, uh, Charles Hall, who started keeping compiling stories of strange shit. events and yeah. yeah yeah and so I was always fascinated by that and it was Leicester my mom grew up in Leicester which is right outside of Worcester which also had these airship sightings in 1909 yep. and also the Christmas. oh that's right <laughs> so I asked my mom I said do you have any UFO sightings as a kid she's like you know what I did and she said she described it as this huge triangle craft bigger than a house. They were coming out of the reservoir. They used to go to the Fly. reservoir catching frogs and stuff as kids. Yeah, yeah. And they're coming, and the sun's kind of going down summer day. And they're going back, and she sees it. It's hovering over her neighbor's house. And she said she started running back to her house, and she said she forgot anything after that. Yesterday, I'm looking at just recent sightings around this area. I'm writing right now for the second book. So I'm just looking at different things and different leads and and. Lester, uh, and I think it was like a year ago, sorry, um, guy sees a triangle craft <laughs> over the res- by the reservoir the size of two to three houses. Oh. So he uses these descriptions, and he's also using a, a location. There's the bodies of water. So the reservoirs, and I kind of dive into mm-hmm. a little bit, not, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> that joke. In the, in the book, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's something with with the reservoirs. There's something with the water, and is there something with cemeteries? Because I know you bring up cemeteries. Yeah, and I think that has something to do with souls. Um, But I think when it comes to water, I think that's why the Navy's involved. Okay, because you know our world, our planet is seventy five percent of its water. Water, yeah. So if anything's hiding, yeah. Yeah. If it's not coming from space, um, from different you know solar systems and star systems, because it can't travel here. Well, you know, the interdimensional things, they can be popping in and out of, like, little vortexes, portals, boom, yeah. boom, boom, uh, which 
get into this whole, whole other thing with Mars and jump rooms and things that they talk about our own military doing this stuff and yeah. having this technology. And um, yeah, the whole thing is you just go down this rabbit hole that you kind of go, okay, what is, what is real? What's not? You right. Know? Yep. It's a deep rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, is. yeah. But no, I'm very open with the I kids. Just, I think it yeah. sounds like, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I've ever had any experiences that I can think of, you know, and I mean, your family seems, so is that, I wonder, I'm, I'm wondering is if there's just people that are open to it. There is. And that there's, there's, it just, you know. There is, but there's also people that are not open to it that have these experiences that, and then they go, fuck. <laughs> you know, like, like they don't want to yeah. believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't want to believe it. Yeah. I, can't, um, I can't say for sure that I've ever had an experience, but I also, I strongly believe that I don't want to be so naive to think that in the entire realm of the universe yeah, yeah. we're the only ones here. Well, i would think right. that would be very yeah. arrogant and yeah you know yeah absolutely i i i don't because think I, get, I don't think that at all and, and that i think yeah i mean you look at the universe space I mean, just is look so, up at the sky so like, really we're the only ones really right, we're right. the only ones yeah right. i mean you know i mean but right. it stinks that we, god we just can't find like i mean we see proof but we can't like well, like, we can't find the bones. We can't study the it's bones. Coming. We can't study. I mean, you know, things, I mean, things like, are coming. Just, We're yeah. a culture of like yeah. we have to just know. And like, I think it's yeah. oh yeah, I'm yeah. I'm definitely like if I can't feel it, touch it, see right. it, taste it. Yeah, like yeah. I'm just well, I don't know if I want to taste sass. Well, I mean, but, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know. I think the biggest thing is we don't know where we come from. We don't know where we go, right? right. Yeah. And yeah. those are the biggest know. questions of the universe. Yeah. And it's something that I feel like we're coming to a point, and maybe we're not. But uh, I feel be, like we are getting to my this mom point. told me I came from a stork <laughs> and was dropped down the chimney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's because she doesn't like you. <laughs> yeah, she loves me. She's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Fuck you, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> she loves you. Yeah. Yeah. It's true though. So you know, we yeah, yeah. We and were. Then, like, it's... I would say three of the biggest mysteries in our heaven, hell, and purgatory, and we we kind of touched on that realm a little bit. Yeah. You know that. That weird, like in between space, where you know no one really knows yeah, think what's of going purgatory on. Purgatory well, is mean, like another just, dimension, really. Yeah, it's another yeah. dimension. Yeah, yeah. So, There's a, yeah, I don't know. So we talked <laughs> There's a, lot a ton of, of mysteries. <laughs> we talked, a lot of them are in that damn book. Yeah, we <laughs> talked a lot about Bigfoot, but so how did you transition from you know the Bigfoot into UFOs and orbs, and and um, how close does that you know connect to like the paranormal world? World. So it's it's funny. Like when this book came out, it was controversial on for a lot of reasons. One in the Bigfoot world, you have these different camps that this is a flesh and blood animal, and then you have others that there's something else that's kind of supernatural, paranormal yeah. to this thing. Yeah. Um, and then also like with UFOs, there's also camps that believe that this is just the government and these are technologies that we're just developing, and that's that's that. The right. aliens. Um, but what attracted me was the fact of me having. Um, I think the interest in both of these subjects at a young age, being interested in UFOs and Bigfoot, but then I started seeing the connections or seeing these weird, um, you know, there'd be a, a UFO story and then there'd be a Bigfoot thing sort of picking up. But then other people like uh, Stan Gordon, he wrote a book called Silent Invasion. It was about this um, in 1976 in Pennsylvania over the course of like a month. UFO sightings, Bigfoot sightings, all in this small town, and people saw like this UFO felt that crashed, and so there's. I was always looking at and reading these books from researchers, and they're starting to point in this direction. Yeah, and people like John Keel, who wrote the Mothman prophecies and other books, 
um, that kind of pointed to to this. And so I started to kind of like take it and kind of look at it and, and kind of look at what's going on with the orange orbs. And for me, the orange orbs came into play for me experiencing those myself on like eight different occasions. Whoa. And, uh, and not knowing what the hell they are, but knowing that they were something that was like out of this world or kind of just something that was not normal. And um, it just kind of like started paying attention and following kind of like the, the path of where these things started falling in front of me. And like stories were kind of come and then people would talk about their different things with orbs and it still blows me away. Like, what are these things? But a lot of people believe that they are uh, just simply energy or they're also energy that contains entities and this is how they're traveling. And, and this, you know, and there are stories I talk about one that goes back over Fort Devens, our military base Yeah, that is now, um, it's still active, but more like reserve, and there's they're doing a, stuff. There's a there's smaller there's, section that's still active, well, it's a pri- yeah. and it's a prison hospital, right? That, and there's other stuff kind of going on, commercial stuff, DOD, yeah. Uh, yeah. Homeland yeah. Security's there too, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's just there's just um, this area, I think, has all of this happening, and Bridgewater Triangle is another place that's almost mimics. So it just. I think uh, seeing that there has to, there's some connection. They're all happening in the same place. They're all happening in the same time frame, and they all seem to happen to the people. Like the guy that had uh, Bigfoot, ex, you know, sighting has had UFO and, and orb mm-hmm. <laughs> sighting. So there's always these so, little elements of of all of it kind of connecting. So, so how 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 different is New England from the I don't know the rest of the world? Like I mean, you know, as far as UFO sightings. Uh, big it, orb yeah. sightings, like the the whole nine yards. I mean, it, is New England a hotbed, or is just this just a, a microcosm of the rest of the United States, the rest of the North American continent? You know, what is it comparatively? So there was a recent uh, report that just came out, I think, a couple weeks ago, and it had out of um, the top states in the country for UFO sightings, uh, Vermont and Maine made the top five. My uncle swears he saw a, a UFO up at our, our camp. I, it wouldn't surprise Maine. me. I mean, there's no lights yeah. up there. So if right. something's going to shoot over, yeah, you you're going to see it. Gonna yeah. see yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. that's what he was. He was saying he was sitting out on the dock on the lake and he saw it. Yeah. 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 yeah people yeah. see, you know, not just lights, but, you know, flying saucer craft. I mm-hmm. just interviewed a guy last week for the book that had sightings in the early 70s, um, mid 70s of flying saucers with other friends just watching this thing. And, and every single time they saw a craft, blinks out. Yeah. So it's not like... Gone. It yeah, disappears. It, just, it goes behind yeah. some wall. Some yeah. kind of, so the interdimensional thing works not only with Bigfoot, UFOs, but also the orbs. I've seen these orange orbs in the middle of the day clear blue sky with friends with binoculars watching this thing and I'm like do you see a a a paper lantern bag he's like nope what do you see he's like a freaking ball a fireball and And it's gone and then he's watching it sorry (laughs) he's watching it and it disappears I'm watching it disappear right from my eyes he watched it through the binoculars and he still is like I don't know. I don't know. Were you just seeing what I was seeing? But you saw it. It's like, you want God to come down and bitch slap? I mean, what do you need? Right, right. So it's things like that, too. It's like, broad. you're watching it. You just experience it, but you're still doubting it. I mean, I just, I wonder, I mean, New England's not a... 
But yeah, to your question, to yeah, answer so, your question. So yeah. there are monster lands all over the country. Yeah. Just in Massachusetts alone, uh, Bridgewater Triangle, very similar. Um, Western Mass, uh, Mount Greylock area, mm-hmm. very similar. Mystery Hill up in Salem, New Hampshire. There's all these places that have this activity, and this, these are the places, too, that the Native Americans said, don't go. Don't stay, go. Stay, stay out of there. Just leave them there. alone. Yeah, they yeah, leave yeah. us alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they talk about the star people in these different places, and um, you know, like Monsterland was known as the the UFO landing area before they call it Monsterland. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It, it's it's fascinating to me, and and um, I I know this is just like you said, it was like a microcosm, just yeah. a small snapshot of what's happening all over the place. Like and even just, neighboring towns, there's similar shit going. on. But you on. have to yeah. look for that stuff. You do. Like you don't just go on the news and like, oh, another UFO UFO sighting. Today. No, you know, you like you have to you have to pull for. Because a lot of people are having experiences and they're not gonna either. They're unless they're blogging about it, they're shooting a video. Yeah. How do you know unless you're That's kind true. Of, That's yeah. true. Unless there's visual proof, then most people aren't going to click the link anyway, right? Right. I mean, it's yeah. just not going to... Yeah, you have to have a video. Yeah, yeah you have to have an image or, or something. And, and, like and now that. it's like yeah. I don't have to seek it out. People will kind of come to me now where I'm, I've kind of like created a name where it's like, okay, if you've had some weird sighting, you should talk to this guy. Yeah. yeah. I constantly get people tagging me on Facebook like, Ronnie, look at this thing, Ronnie. Yeah. Like, and it's that's awesome. Yeah, and that's I, and I And I want to... Be it's good for you. Too. It's good for you. I mean, it's a resource that you. I mean, it's you great don't have to search for. It, but I then mean, you have to wade my, through the. You know, my thing is more so for kind of like giving them uh, an ear, but also like you're not crazy. There's other people seen the same fucking thing yeah. that you saw, and they're like, yeah. "Oh yeah, oh thank God." And that's that's <laughs> honestly that gives me more. You know, like that's yeah. more important for me to see that than and then because then they'll be more willing to talk and tell others. Their brother, their sister, their neighbor—they probably said the same thing, but they don't yeah. know until they s- say something or share about it. So, yeah. So you wrote the book, and you're also uh, the co-host of Monsterland podcast, yeah. with Maddie Blake. So, how did you and Maddie Very meet? Funny. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Um, yeah so, Maddie, um, I had done when the book came out. I had done the Hillman Morning Show. Okay. Yeah. And um, did that, which was great. Helped me kind of promote it, and then. Maddie and Nick Stevens, who's plays Fitzy, is yep. doing a lot of stuff like uh, with WEI now as well. But they came on AF as a afternoon team, and they end up showing up. And first day, their new offices, and uh, Greg Hill and the gang had moved down the hall. Yeah, and they gave them the old offices, but they were just cluttered with CDs and books and everything. Yeah, like, everything. Like, like, right. you guys what need to come fuck? clean this clean shit up. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. So <clears throat> I think Maddie and Nick were kind of bitched about it. Like, you know, come on, like, whatever. So they had, a couple PAs came down and cleaned up a half an hour. Whole place was clean. They come back in, and then Maddie's like, oh, what the fuck? They forgot something. And he looks on his desk, and it was my book. Oh, nice. <laughs> it was sitting on his desk, and I had no idea that he's such a fan of, like, the paranormal and right. stuff. So he ended up like, oh, my God, what the hell? And then uh, Stiz, who was the producer at the time with Greg Hill when I was on, became their producer. He was like, oh, yeah, he was great. You know, we had him on. Yeah. Maddie ended up reading the book over the next couple of nights and um, was like, oh, my God, to have him in because he didn't realize it was local stuff. And Yeah. So I went on the show and we had a blast. And the, the great thing was that the phones just lit up. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. They were like, what the hell? Like people calling with stories and Nick was, you know... Had to play that kind of like skeptic part, and yeah, and we're great friends. Um, and he's he always still gives me shit. Uh, 
But he started to see kind of as the as I did that for over two years doing uh, Montslam Monday with with mm-hmm. oh Maddie nice Nick. yeah that's yeah. great. So yeah. after that first interview, Maddie kind of looks at me and says, "Hey, dude, would you be kind of our?" Uh, Paranormal point person who yeah. has stories kind of I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely. I said, I go, what if we did this? I go, what if we made a Monslam Monday? And he's like, oh my God. I love you. He goes, I love it. And uh, I go, we do it like once a week. Well, let's do it once a month and just kind of see right. how it goes. So I was like, great. So, yeah. you know, I call yeah. my wife after doing the interview. She's like, how'd it go? I'm like, awesome. She's like, it sounded great. I said, yeah, I'm also going to be their uh, paranormal guy and we're doing Monslam. She said, what? Yeah. So, Things just started opening up and happening, and so I did that. Uh, and every time I go in and hang out with those guys, so much friggin' fun! It was yeah. the funniest yeah. uh, radio show in Boston, uh, like awesome. But um, I started the podcast on my own probably like six months after doing Monthland Monday, and I did like five episodes, and just wasn't feeling it. And I did it at Lemster TV Access Studios, TV studio, great. They helped me yeah. out, edit everything. Uh, but it was just, and I had Skyped in, I had Nick Redfern as my first guest. He's written over a hundred books. He's on yep. History Channel, all over the place. And it's, It probably wasn't as fancy as my basement. Yeah, no, this is, this is better. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but then uh, I stopped because I was just like, uh, not feeling this. Not feeling this. it, yeah. And Maddie kind of approached I think, me. I think we're our own worst critics. When it comes yeah. to that stuff, uh, yeah, you know, I mean. for sure. Like, I, I, for me, I was looking at it like, I don't want to do podcasts, but it was almost like, I was looking at it as a way to market the book, and, yep. and people were so everyone's doing a podcast. I was like, yeah. oh, this could be a cool way for me to kind of help promote it, whatever. So we ended up meeting um, at Watchers Brewing Company for one of the openings, and he just said, "Dude, yeah, that was a great he goes, podcast." Oh my god, yeah. he was like, um, "You know, this this could be uh, this could be a TV show, you know, like the whole story and but the whole thing." And so we started talking. He said, like, "You should do your podcast again," and but I'll. I'll be your co-host. I'm like, are you kidding me? Hell like yeah. Like a radio, yeah. professional radio yeah. guy. Somebody does it for Boston. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. So, and then he really, um, he's he comes from like a, a producer mindset. Uh, so we kind of just partnered together and working on, um, I'll bring in a lot of the different people that I've met over the years, researchers and yeah. authors and different guests. And he's also tied in different celebrities and stuff that we'll pull in as well. Nice. And it's been a great mix. Uh, David Yaz of Pod 617 is our producer. Um, we filmed the first season with Ian Barrett, who's legendary. Yeah. I uh, directed Godsmack videos. And, <laughs> nice. And so he was filming it for us at his studio. But it was tough to kind of coordinate the podcast producers, his schedule, our schedule. And it was a lot of work, but we wanted to get like a visual element that first season. And which we did, which was great. But second season, we're like, let's just try to focus on the audio, audio. side of it. Yeah, okay. And, um, you know, and then and see if we can maybe tr- try to turn this into a show. So yeah. um, the cool thing is we met with um, uh, Mixtape, which is it's kind of like a sub-label of Megillah Entertainment out of New York, which does a lot of reality TV for travel and history. And so we developed a TV show for Monsterland like six months ago and kind of put that together. Um, so we're trying to, I guess, retool it a little bit, and we're going to try to shoot um, in the next, hopefully next 30 days, we're going to go shoot like a little pilot. Nice. Awesome. Um, nice. So four or five days and go shoot and just try to get some tape and maybe not get a full pilot or just get some kind of a you know a teaser kind of thing. Um, so that's so exciting. So it's you and Maddie B? So, yeah, so the idea yeah. is uh, basically me and Maddie um, kind of going out 
and um, looking at originally starting in in New England, New England, looking at other locations and talking with witnesses that are experiencing whether it's Bigfoot sightings, UFO sightings, orb sightings, but also trying to connect. Yeah, the dots. <clears throat> All these things, yeah. you know, and that's this could go into, we've identified, you know, 50 other locations across the country that could be. Well, I am sorry, people. I have no idea what happened to the last 30 seconds, one minute of audio. Uh, UFOs, I guess. But uh, you didn't miss much. It was basically Jim and I kissing Ronnie's ass and thanking him for coming in. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Jim and I certainly did. It was a it was a blast having him in, and we're definitely having him in again. All right, thanks for listening.